0: Okay, Power Rangers, let's do it! go, go
1: Power Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 22 of the Jetman with the Golden Gun, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Chojin Sentai Jetman. Every week, we watch an episode of the show, and we share our thoughts with you, the listeners. My name is Matt J. With me, as always, is my co-host and brother, Dave. Dave, how are you doing today? Doing
0: well, man. Uh, feeling good. Ready to make some make some magic. A
1: nice, a nice sunny day here in Cleveland, Ohio. Yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. It is. It is crazy sunny, actually. Uh, a a um, rare, really a rare it. February treat for us here. Uh, yeah, I'm into it. I'm into it. Dave, today we are watching episode 22 of Jetman. It's called Exploding Love. But before we get into that, shining in the heavens, there are five stars. Would you like to know, my brother, what our first star of the week is? I could go either way. Okay, you want to skip to the second one then? No, no, no. no, don't know. I mean, go ahead. Okay, I go mean, ahead. you know, we're clearly you excited about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You clearly want to talk about it. Uh, go for it. I mean, I wrote it down and everything, so we might as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's... Uh, it's listen, funny. we're not winning any awards for the four stars of the week.
0: Yeah, that's, uh, yeah. Gotta stay on listen, brand if here, if found a good thing, let's
1: stick with it. Go ahead. So, the first star of the week is a podcast. Now, this is a podcast. I like podcasts. I listen to a lot of podcasts. Uh, Dave, I know that you are not as much of a podcast listener. Not... Frequently, uh, but Not out of like, if I have like a trip to take,
0: I will download podcasts to listen. Like I enjoy the format. I just don't have, like I just don't have a lot of space in my life where I'm just kind of like sitting
1: and listening. You know what I mean? Yep. But anyways, go ahead. So this is a podcast where, okay, like if somebody asks me what my top five podcasts are, I feel like there are two sort of ways you can answer that. One of them is... Like, what are my personal five favorites? And one of them is, like, what are the five that I would recommend sort of universally? Got it. And, like, since podcasts are so niche... I mean, listen, like, we're about to talk about Jetman for an hour, so, like, podcasts are niche. So, like, the things that I'm into are not necessarily the things that other people are into. And so I don't always recommend what are my favorite podcasts to other people. But one of them that is on both of those lists for me is My Brother, My Brother and Me, which is the... (sighs) Uh,
0: Dude, those guys are a modern advice show, for a, or an advice show for a modern era, right? Absolutely Yeah, those guys are hilarious Actually, I just remembered Okay, finish your thing and then I have another thing to tell you about uh, My Brother, My Brother and Me Okay,
1: this is not a recommendation for My Brother, My Brother and Me Because frankly, you should already be listening to that um, But, you know, I guess we can like, take a side recommendation Dudes, it's a great show Um,
0: It's it's yeah, it's one of the podcasts like like I said, how I download stuff. Uh they're one of the ones that I'll download, like if I'm if I'm traveling.
1: So there is a new show from one of those brothers and another guy whose name I did not write down before we started talking. Uh so I guess we'll just have to find that out you know, in life together later on. Uh let's call him (laughs) Jim, although I'm pretty sure that's not the case. So uh it is the youngest of the three brothers, Griffin McElroy. Um, And it is actually a podcast that is produced through the video game website Polygon, Okay. uh, for whom uh, he and uh, the eldest of the McElroy brothers either work or own or something. I'm still not exactly sure what their relationship to that website is. But in any case, uh, that's all aside the point, because I want to talk to you, Dave, about the new Polygon uh, podcast called Cool Games, Inc., Alright. And Cool Games, Inc., uh, like, incorporated. Cool Games is one word, by the way, if you're looking for it. Um, right. It is a podcast where the two guys in it solicit recommendations for, sort of like, like, imagine that you're in an improv show, and they're asking for, like, oh, give us a recommendation, like, give us, like, a an occupation and a location. Instead, they're like, tweet us, like, a phrase, and we will take one of those phrases and... And like, think up a video game based on it. Wow. Uh, okay. Now, that sounds interesting. It's hilarious because the games that they are coming up with are not like real games that anyone in the like life would ever play. Uh, <laughs> it is primarily a comedy show that is that uses like the structure of video games as a launching off point. Okay. Now, that makes sense. So, it, like, there have been two episodes so far. Uh, in the first episode, the game they come up with is called uh, "Grandma Wants It Al Dente Colon Grandma Needs It Al Dente," <laughs> uh, which was a uh, cooking, si- a hybrid cooking sim slash dungeon
0: crawler. Oh, all right. Are you like getting finding better pans
1: or something? Like, what's well in in the cooking sim, you're creating the sauce, and in the dungeon crawler, you are the pasta going into the pot. Uh, and the longer you stay in there, the higher level you get, but if you stay there too long, you are no longer al al dente, and grandma Ah, will not want you. Right, grandma needs it al dente. Grandma (laughs) needs it al dente. Uh, and there is a lot more to it than that. I am giving you, like, the broadest of strokes. Um, this show is amazing. The episode I listened to yesterday, uh, in both episodes, the basic structure of the video game that they have designed, uh, has been a cooking show, or a cooking game, rather. right. Uh, In the second one, it is one where you cook non-food items for Gordon Ramsay um, (laughs) until you have, like, succeeded in the game long enough that the game then, like, fools you into saying, like, a really hateful thing. That if you ever fail a mission or stop playing the game, it will tweet out from all of your accounts. To lock you into playing it forever, at which point Gordon Ramsay goes away forever and is replaced by a much easier-to-render, cheaper-to-create featureless block called the Sin Cube that demands that you continue to play. (laughs) And listen, I know that what I am doing right now is not actually telling my jokes, but telling someone else's jokes uh, for your amusement. Um, But I'm doing this... Not because I'm too lazy to think of things on my own, which, let's be honest, on occasion I am, but I am doing it uh, to whet your appetite to go yeah, listen this to the is, show. Uh, it this show. Yeah, a public
0: service announcement. It is hilarious. So, okay, so it's actually, speaking of My Brother and My Brother and Me, Matt, uh, we we have run into one of the same problems that My Brother and My Brother and Me has run into. Uh, McElroy's, I don't think you're listening to this show, but if you do... We need your help. Because we also need flavor protection. Someone is chomping our flavor which I stole from them. Uh, so I uh, whatever. Is someone, I was is listening to Jazz
1: Dave? Yes. Is someone taking a yes! big bite out of our particular flavor?
0: Yeah. Let me tell you, Matt. I was listening to NPR with Tony Ganser uh, on my way home from work the other day on like my 5 minute commute. And guess what Tony Ganser was talking about, Matt? He was
1: talking about bus updates. Wait, hold on a second. You mean our our patented beloved late lamented segment? Yeah. Bus updates.
0: He didn't Okay, listen. He's slick. He's slick. He didn't call it bus updates. But he did an entire segment... Well, he knows segment. that he'd have legal
1: action on his hands.
0: Yeah. He did an entire segment on, uh, on the RTA doing, like, audio ads. Oh, you mean and the I, news I that we it. broke
1: weeks ago here on this very program?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, Tony Ganser, uh, we're on to you. Oh, I'm coming for you, Ganser. Yeah. So, uh, if someone could hook us up with the McElroy brothers and tell us what they did about flavor protection... Uh, we need that information because this is happening. This is real. So that's Shameful. it. I just—I was going to tell you earlier. <laughs> I was going to tell you earlier. I totally forgot uh, until you mentioned this new podcast, and then I remembered. So, uh, so yeah. So we've got problems, man.
1: Right here, in right here, high
0: series. intrigue on uh, on the Jetman with the Golden Gun. So speaking so, of intrigue, Dave. Yeah. What
1: is our second star of the week?
0: Our second star of the week, Matt, is the return of uh, one of my favorite new shows, Agent Carter. Marvel's Agent Carter, uh, starring uh, the delightful Haley Atwell. It's back, and it's so good. Dude, it is great. Okay, so if you didn't watch the first season of Agent Carter, like, first of all, 2016, up your game, um, like, just go back and watch that show. It's so good. Um, But... So the new season transplants Peggy Carter from New York to L.A., and it is really... Oh my gosh, it's so good. So, sorry. If you haven't watched the Agent Carter series, what it is is it is a period piece set uh, shortly after World War II in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And it's really, really cool because what it's doing is they're using this show... To set up a lot of like the the historical groundwork for like Hydra Shield, like what's going on in like the late forties, early fifties, that will then lead to all of the more modern movies that you know people have seen uh, in the theaters.
1: Yeah, and so it, it is the show that runs in the mid season hiatus for Agents of Shield.
0: Yeah, it's not a, It's not usually a full season. I think it was eight episodes last time.
1: Yeah, and, and they I expanded think it's, it to 11 or 12 this year.
0: Yeah, so it's more episodes. Um, it's super, super good. Everybody in it is fantastic. And uh, what they're doing with this season is there's a lot of like, there's some like crazy super science stuff going on. Um, I thought for a second that we were going to get like a cloak and dagger. Uh, superhero combo, and they maybe just had changed the names. They didn't. That's not what they did. Uh, but I was disappointed because I really like Cloak and Dagger.
1: Dude, Cloak and Dagger are the best. Did you know that Dagger is from Shaker Heights, Ohio?
0: No way. Yeah. No, I did not know that. Um, that's awesome. I lived like down the road from Shaker Heights. Uh, for those of you who might be, uh, you know, know the Cleveland area. So I okay. So here's the deal. I actually don't know if I if I really love Cloak and Dagger particularly, or if I just really like teleporters. Like, I just get, I really dig, like, teleporty superheroes slash villains, and Cloak is a great teleporter, so I think I might just like them for that reason. Plus, that is a duo with a fresh look. Yeah! They look super cool all the time. Cloak is totally rad. Uh, Like, Dagger is cool, but Cloak is cooler, I think. Um, So, yeah. So, the Agent Carter series is on. Uh, Like I said, every, I don't want to, like, talk too much about it, because it's a lot of, like, spy- intrigue uh stuff but it's an awesome show you should be watching it especially if you are sort of into slash invested in the marvel cinematic universe that sort of ever expanding like shiny bauble of like mind candy uh it's
1: it's great it's just really good
0: i don't have like i wish i had some jokes on it i don't it's just really great
1: it's a fun show y'all should be watching it there's a lot uh, of good superhero tv on right now
0: Yeah, there's a ton. I actually, dude, I, like, I watch, man, I feel like I watch too much TV already. You know what I mean? Like, I just watch a lot of TV, but it's so good. Like, this is not like, ah, I'm bored. I guess I'll just flip the TV on. It's just like, oh, no way. It's the new episode of blank. Like, awesome. Let's watch that. Um, I, Like, I know Legends of Tomorrow is supposed to be really good. Yeah, Arrow Legends is of supposed Tomorrow to be great. Is
1: bananas. It's Flash
0: great. is supposed to be really good. I just, like, I don't have time, man. I just I got a lot of stuff <laughs> that
1: I'm doing. Um, Dude, I don't know how you do not have time for, like, time-traveling C-list DC characters hunting Vandal Savage, being led by uh, Rip Hunter, who is played by Arthur Darville, who is basically playing, like... The like, he's kind of playing this weird character that's a hybrid between the doctor and Captain Jack Harkness, honestly. Um, hey man,
0: that does sound really good. <laughs> like that sounds super cool.
1: That that's probably not a, a super great uh description of his character. Um but he definitely does look like he raided Captain Jack's wardrobe. He has a laser revolver, it's great.
0: Oh man, okay, yeah, I gotta watch his show! Ah! Uh, okay, Matt. So what? That sounds great. We're, I gotta? Apparently, I have to bend my life
1: around a new thing now. Dude, wait till uh, next week when I start talking about Lucha Underground again?
0: What is? Don't, dude. We're brothers. We love each other. Don't. Don't do that to me.
1: Uh, <laughs> what, Matt? Is our uh, third star of the week? Uh, third star of the week, Dave, is another thing that you were going to have to watch eventually. Um, mm-hmm. It is. New news on the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers' upcoming motion picture. Dude, somehow I completely missed the existence of this thing until, like, very recently. So you had just not... Wait a second. You had not heard that there was going to be a movie? Yeah. No,
0: I just did not... Listen, like, I used to read about, like, movie sites and video game review sites and stuff. Like, I used to read them, like, very, very regularly... And then uh you know what it was? It was when Kotaku shifted their format, like when all the Gawker sites shifted their formats. Uh I just hated the format so much I just stopped reading all of them. So yeah, I don't now that. <laughs> So now my like my uh my knowledge of like
1: what is upcoming and blah 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 is uh is pretty scant. Okay, uh well here's the Jimmy Jam. There's going to be a Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie. Uh, they've yeah, already cast all of the Rangers, right? Um, but this week they announced that uh, Elizabeth Banks is going to be playing Rita Repulsa.
0: That is amazing. <laughs> which is
1: great. Uh, it, it's That's it, it's awesome. great for a couple of reasons. One, I generally like Elizabeth Banks. I think she's yeah, a lot she's kind
0: of great in everything.
1: And also, she I think is the first like big name person who is attached to it, which okay. is very uh, reassuring. That it's not just going to be, like, whoever they could find to throw in this thing. Right. Like, it's like it's a legit movie. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was honestly a little concerned that it, they were going to... I mean, listen, there has been a Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, uh, like, big screen motion picture before. Uh, and that thing ain't that good. So, I was yeah, a little worried no, that we were going to get a little repeat on that. Uh, but no, it looks like it's going to be a real movie with, like, actors and stuff. Dude, there's been a lot of, like, new Power Rangers stuff recently. Um, There's a comic book that is set in, um, like, the old Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. It's, okay, it's not set in the 90s, but it is a, like, pull up to the future, uh, or the present, rather, version of the events of the first season of Mighty Morphin, I think right after... Green with Evil. So, like, Tommy has just joined the team, and then the comic book starts. Oh, okay, yeah. But awesome. unlike all of the other, like, Mighty Morphin comic books that have ever existed, um, it does not look like something that was printed on the back of a cereal box with like the weird knockoff costumes that have the uh, the Power Coin <laughs> symbols, like, as chest logos for no reason whatsoever. Right.
0: Yeah, I never.
1: Yeah, that never made any sense to me. Um, but yeah, there's just Power Rangers stuff in the world right now and it feels good.
0: Man, uh, you know, I know that we've said stuff like this before, but this is sort of like a glorious nerdy golden age, um, that I genuinely don't know if I could have predicted like as a child. Like, had you asked me as like a 13 year old, like, will there ever be like giant, Well, maybe at thirteen, the Spider-Man movies had come out. I don't quite remember, but like, as a kid, okay. I remember I was in high school when that first one came out. Ever be like giant, like multi-million dollar, uh, like many multi millions dollars versions of like Thor or Ant-Man, and like you will be able to go see, and those movies will like make a bunch of money, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I would be like, no, like like that will never happen. And it's just like it just keeps happening and it continues to be amazing.
1: <laughs> Dude, if you had told me like a year and a half ago when we started this podcast uh, that there would be like American releases of Super Sentai DVDs and a like big new Power Rangers movie, I would have called you a dumb liar. But here we are. Right. But here we are. Uh, anyway, we that so that's now. really all I've got on that, Dave. What is our fourth star of the week?
0: Sure, Matt. Uh, so our fourth star of the week is yet uh, another thing in a long list of things uh, in my life where I like look at something and I realize that like old people really kind of had it down and uh, and like we they make a lot of sense. And today my thing is spring cleaning. Okay. So like we mentioned earlier, it's super sunny out, right? Yes. So like right. So like it's sunny this is great. I'm going to open, like, all the blinds. I'm going to, like, get sunlight into my house. It's going to be wonderful. Uh, and I did that, and it is great. And what it is also doing is showing me all the dust. <laughs> like, like cat hair that's, like, collected in the corners that you can't see when it's cloudy and dark. And as I said earlier sun, in the episode,
1: like, when it is Cleveland, you can generally assume that it is going to be cloudy from, like, November to March, roughly. Yeah,
0: like, that's just... You get a couple of sunny days, you enjoy them, but, like, that's not... And it has been cloudy, and, but it's sunny today, and all the... And like, I'm enjoying it, but again, it is just showing me in just, like, really, uh, really sharp contrast how dusty my house has become. And so it's just like, gosh, you know, it's like, it's kind of nice out, it's sunny, I really, I kind of want to clean the house up. And I was like, oh... Oh, I just want to do some spring cleaning. Like, that's what I want. Uh, Wait,
1: <laughs> let me, Dave, let me ask you a follow-up question even... to this. You were, you were talking about how you want to do some spring cleaning. Yeah. Um, have you taken your Christmas tree down yet? Almost. Almost. It's like... Because I feel like you are not allowed to do spring cleaning while your Christmas tree is still standing. Okay, all
0: of the stuff is off of it. I just haven't, like, physically, like, taken it out yet, you know? Okay, okay. So, but, like, let me be clear, man. Uh This is not like, oh, gosh, I wish my house was clean, right? This is an active desire to go through the process of cleaning. Like, that's, I, I want to do that, Uh which I'm not sure. like it gives me existential questions about like age and like, am I old now? I think so. I think it just means that I'm old now. Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. Uh, whatever, man. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna let it wash over me. I'm gonna go like get my shoehorn and, and like eat some spice drops and do some spring cleaning when we're done with this. Uh, I can't fight it. I can't fight it anymore. That man. sounds actually like enough. a very nice afternoon. It does, <laughs> right? I'll take a walk. I got a cup of coffee. I'll have some spice drops. I'll clean my house. Um, you know, all the thing thrilling things that uh, a 33 year old likes to do. Sure, on a Saturday but I one a nice warm cardigan. Right. I actually, it is a little chilly in here. I might put on a cardigan. I am currently uh, totally wearing one.
1: <laughs> All right, Val. What is our uh, what's our fifth star of the week? Okay, fifth star of the week. Uh, this is another uh, Power Rangers, well, more specifically, uh, Super Sentai update. Uh, so, they have announced, when I say they, I mean Shout Factory. Uh, they have announced that they are going to be putting out Kaku Ranger on DVD. Oh. Okay, awesome. No, that's fantastic. Which is very exciting. Uh, Kaku Ranger is the season that follows Die Ranger. So here is what I'm thinking, Dave. Um, since that is coming out on DVD, I think in May, and our uh-huh. season ends, what, like August or something? I'd have to look at the calendar, but this will be out before we need to start a new show. And so I am thinking that sort of for ease of access, both for us and our listeners, um, why don't we actually do the season that is just coming out on DVD before we start and do Cocker Ranger next year? All right, yeah, that sounds awesome, man. Uh, My question here is, have I told you anything about Cocker Ranger in the past? You have not. Okay, so Cocker Ranger is, I think, the first of the very explicitly ninja-themed uh Super Sentai series. It's actually called Ninja Sentai Kakuranger. Oh, okay. Awesome. Yeah, everybody loves ninjas. Yes. Um and it's like they are all the descendants of like these like hero ninjas from like generations past that had sealed away uh like this evil group of demons or something. Sounds good um, so far. I'm totally which on board. Is fun. Uh but that's not what I want to tell you about Dave. I want to tell you two things about Kaku Ranger that I am very excited about. Uh, the first one is the Black Ranger is like a Japanese-American guy from Los Angeles who just like speaks English all the time and is like a cowboy surfer dude. Awesome. And they have, for reasons that I have not really figured out, because I have not watched through *Cocky Ranger yet. I've seen the first couple of episodes uh, just to sort of familiarize myself with it. Um, but they have like it's like a bus, like a like a smallish school bus. Okay, it kind of looks like a like a giant cat that is also sentient. Like what? it's it's a, it's an alive thing. That's a cat bus, and they have a surfer cowboy like American dude as their black ranger, and it's about ninjas. And I think that like at some point somebody has a sword that's on fire. Uh, oh, okay. We're going to watch the heck out of this show, Dave. It's uh, going to
0: happen. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Uh, we'll need a pun. I don't know what our pun is going to be about Kaku Ranger. That sounds like a tough one.
1: Well, we'll, we'll figure something out. Yeah. Uh, but, right. Yeah, I'm sure. I have faith in us. But, Dave, that is a trouble for another day. Today, our trouble is watching episode 22 of Chojum Sentai Jetman Exploding Love. Let's take a break, and we'll be right back with that. <laughs> Welcome back. We have just finished watching episode 22, Exploding Love. Uh, Dave, we are we are right back into our maze of love. Yeah. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah we are, man. Uh, this is like the young and the restless Jet Men, jet, days of our Jet Men. Like, this is just a soap opera. Uh, as the Jet like, Men turn. As the Jet Men turn uh i ran out of stuff general Jetman, i'm not sure anyway general sky camp there we go okay uh yeah <laughs> like i actually noted it that we get like 15 minutes into this show and there's basically zero hint of any sort of virum monster now we'll see why
1: yes and it does make sense
0: as and also you said Like, this is the first part of a 3 part. Oh, yeah, by the way, uh, I think
1: we talked about that off-air. This is the first part of a three-part sequence.
0: Right, this is kind of a long-form version of, like, kind of a single Jetman episode, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, because you got to remember, we are now at, like, this is episode 22. We are now at the point in the season when some things start to turn. Like, I think around this time last season like Ko had just joined the team and we were getting all of that stuff between Ko and Akamaru. And so like we are starting to get like a turn in this show away from the sort of first act setup.
0: Well, this is basically how Jetman works, right? About the first like third of the, half to third of a show or something is just kind of them establishing everything and then like the craziness gets turned up to 11.
1: Yes, absolutely. I I know that like, after this season, when, like in Zou Ranger, when they establish that every year there's gonna be like a bonus ranger. Usually it's called the Sixth Ranger, even though it's not always the actual sixth ranger, and sometimes there's more than six of them. But like the the convention of, you know, like having you know, basically like Tommy shows up. Right. But this is before that, so there is no Tommy in this show, so far as I recall. I uh, uh spoiler not spoiler, but uh I have not actually finished watching Jetman yet. I am super behind. I am ahead of where we are Ooh, now. Okay. But th- there are like the last like 10 episodes or so that I haven't seen yet. Um, but Um So
0: there's no, there's not a sixth ranger in Jetman, right? Not
1: as such. There are versions of that idea that we will see later in this season, but it's not okay. like last year when like, All of a sudden, Co was on the team. There's just a straight-up,
0: like, Sixth Ranger. Right. Yeah, well, let's just get into it, man. Um, Okay, so this scene opens up, and we see uh, Guy, and he is, like... He's at his, like, club, and he's, like, playing saxophone, and he's really playing his heart out. Oh, he is... And he He's playing,
1: his face is sweating, that's how hard he's playing. It's great because... Yeah. When this scene opens up, we're in the bar, but the camera is not on Guy. It's on just, like, a bartender handing a bar patron just, like, a bottle of liquor instead of a glass. (laughs) And in my notes, I have, like, bar, okay, where's Guy? Because like you know that guy's going to be in this scene somewhere, and he's up on stage playing his saxophone with what sounds like a band, but there is no other band. There is like nobody there. You can hear other instruments, but there is no one else on stage. I don't know if he's just like playing his saxophone along with like a boombox that is playing the rest of the song.
0: I think we would have to assume that this is like jazz karaoke. Like, there's a backup track, and then you just play your (laughs) instrument over that. Like, if, okay, listen, I said that as a joke. If you told me, like, if somebody was like, oh, yeah, I've been to Japan and that's totally a thing, I'd be like, uh, sure, okay. Like, there's nothing in my understanding that would prohibit that from being a thing that's real. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, no, I would buy it. Okay, so not only, though, is Guy playing his saxophone uh, with wild sort of abandon, he is also flashing back to memories of, like, Kaori, and specifically Kaori saying how in love with Ryu she is.
1: Yeah, it was, I don't even remember which episode it is, but it was the end of one of those episodes where... You know, we were in the maze of love, um, and Calrie at the end says, "Ryu, like I don't care how you feel, but like I want you to know that I love you, and I'm going to like try to like make this work between us." While Guy was standing right there. Yeah, this she is has what he's remembering. Cap.
0: Yeah, uh, as I would say if I were an old person, which uh, which I am. Do you know that phrase, "set your cap"? It's just like an oldie-timey, like, I'm a lady, and I'm going to marry that guy. Um, Okay, so Ryu walks into this bar, and uh, he sits down at the bar, and he orders a glass of milk. I want to talk about this for like half a second, right? Okay. This, like, so he walks into the bar, and he orders a glass of milk, and the bartender's like, oh, yes, sir, right away. And, uh... This is, like, the standard signal. Like, everybody knows that this is the move. If you're, like, a goody two-shoes and you end up in a bar, you order a glass of milk, right? And Ryu
1: has done it before in this bar. Although previously... Yeah, he's done it before in this bar. He ordered hot milk. Tonight, he's ordering cold milk, but he specifies not on the rocks.
0: Yeah. Straight up. uh, Robin, like, from Batman and Robin, orders milk at bars.
1: And, this and Batman, is just apparently like... in an episode of Batman 66, the last time we talked about this, I got a text from producer Mark saying that while he was editing the episode, he's like, Matt, Batman drank an episode or drank a glass of milk at a bar in an episode of Batman 66. So, Mark, this time I remembered.
0: Yeah. So this is just like a thing that you can do, except like I've worked in bars that's not a thing you can do. Like, bartenders just do, they don't have, like, a gallon of milk just kind of hanging out behind the counter waiting for someone to walk in and order a glass of milk. Like, doesn't it, like, they'll, they might have, like, cream, like, you know, like, half and half or something for, like, a black Russian, but they don't just have, like, gallons of
1: milk. Like, you can't walk into a bar, particularly this sort of bar. Yeah, this is not a bar and grill. Like, there is not a kitchen in this place.
0: Yeah, like, if you go to, like, a Chili's or something, they'll have milk because they make milkshakes. But, like, you can't just walk into, like, a dive jazz bar and order a glass of milk. Like, that's not a thing that happens. And I just got, like, a weird kick out of it because, like, oh, yeah, everybody knows that, like, you order a glass of milk, except that's... Just, you can't do that. Uh, That's not a real thing. So, but anyways, weird drink orders aside, like, guy sees Ryu and he walks over and uh, he's like, what are you doing here? Like, this is not your kind of place. Like, Like, you don't drink, what's up? Yeah, you don't even drink. And Ryu says, listen, uh, I came to talk to you about Kaori. Like, I know that you love her. Is it serious? Like, is this like a real thing for you? Like, the gist of it is, like, is this a real thing for you, or are you just, like, you kind of dig her, but she doesn't want you, and so now you're sort of obsessed with making it happen. And Guy is like, listen, dude, the woman I love is more important than world peace. Like, does that lay it out for you, jerk?
1: Because when Ryu asks, he's like, I'm asking as the leader of the Jetman. Sort of like as your supervisor I'm really concerned about like your possible relationship with your coworker, worker like inter-office romance uh, that's really kind of what it feels like and guys like why is like why is being a jetman the only thing you ever think about like yes like I am in love with her We're, like better than world peace etc
0: right uh and then he says he drops a great line oh, it's as the best. he walks I, away I wrote it down as well I know. He turns around and he's like, go home. Jazz doesn't suit you. And he walks away like a cool guy. It's pretty great. It's
1: amazing. By the way, um, Ryu is wearing a new jacket this episode. He might have been wearing it before, but this is the first time I've written it down. And instead of his old jacket that was like a Letterman jacket that said Posh Boy on it, now it's like a white satin jacket with red lettering on the back that says Gathering of the Clans in English. Uh, I love reused random jackets. I just wanted to like, call this one out. I did not
0: notice that it said that. Um, okay, so we leave the bar, and we go so we in the Viron dimension, and we see Semimaru's cocoon. And, like, Rannigan is just... Real, real excited about Semimaru hatching. If you don't recall, Semimaru is like an extra dimensional being that uh, Queen Jusa, Empress Juza brought with her, who is like, and Semimaru is the ultimate destructive force in the universe. And so when Empress Juza died, Radigat took this egg. That is Semimaru and has been slowly like hatching it, and it uh, started out looking like a caterpie, and now it's in like a big cocoon, and uh, you know, Sem- like Radigan is like looking over it. But apparently, apparently, Semi is about to hatch, and he's listening to this thing, and he says, "Ah, Semimaru is growing in power. I can hear it—the devil's heartbeat."
1: Yeah, dude, he is super into Semimaro. Like, this whole episode, pretty much any time you see Radigat, he is, stand- like, crouching next to this egg, sort of, like, petting or, s- like, you know, sort of, like, stroking he's, it lovingly. stroking
0: it. Let's call a spade a spade.
1: Um, yeah, he is, like, all in on this thing. It's a weird moment.
0: Uh, but the other Viren commanders walk in... And they are like I can't tell if they're angry like at Radigan or like creeped or... out by how much he's into it. Yeah, they might just be creeped out by him. But re- like, because remember, all the Virm commanders are competing because whoever defeats the Jetmen becomes the new like Emperor of the Vyrum. and so they're kind of furious because like. Whatever summit was going on with Semi they all seem to recognize that if in fact Semi does hatch, that like that's kind of it.
1: Right, like game's over. Like the Jetmen are almost not almost certainly not going to be able to beat Semi So like now like they are on like the countdown clock.
0: Yeah, like the pressure's on for them to defeat the Jet Men before this whole thing can happen. And they'll talk about uh, this a little
1: more explicitly later in the episode. But now we're just sort of yeah. getting their glares or robo glares in Gray's case.
0: Right. So uh, they're just sort of seething and we leave them there. We jump over to Kauri and Kauri is in her mansion and she is at the end of like an absurdly long table and there's like flowers and a candelabra and Gia uh, serves her dinner and she's like just she just starts eating, which is sad. Yeah, very really sad this evening.
1: Yeah, well, you know how sad, like sad, lonely, rich people eat at one end of a massive table. Like we have right. seen that in all forms of media.
0: <laughs> um, and she is she's sad. So she looks at the other end of the table, and there's an empty chair. But she imagines, I'm, and then no, we Dave, kind of see fades say into hallucinates,
1: existence. Uh Because what she sees at the end of the table <laughs> is Ryu like appear in the chair. Uh, With, like, a table set before him, and the two of them just start laughing, because I guess that's what you do when you're eating dinner with someone you like, you just laugh all the way through. Um, <laughs> As we will <laughs> go are- on through this episode, like, so Kaori is into Ryu, but the degree to which Kaori is into Ryu is becoming more and more unsettling. To the point where and this is why I say hallucinate, like, I'm not sure that like she's really like attached to reality as well as she should be as regards her relationship to Ryu.
0: Yeah, she says some stuff later on in the episode that, that likewise makes oh, me question oh, like gonna just talk how about connected. That. Oh yeah, we are. So, uh so she hallucinates Ryu and they're like having a happy dinner. And uh, there is a call. Gio comes over with the phone and he says, "Ma'am, there's a call for you. And it's Guy. Guy has called her and says, like, hey, like, you're in luck. I want to hang out with you. Meet me, like, at this place at 7 o'clock tomorrow. Uh, And she's like, uh. And then he just hangs up.
1: And then she looks up and with a face of, like, sadness, watches her hallucination of Ryu fade away.
0: Yeah, again, a uh, guy is many things, uh, and supremely confident is one of them.
1: Yeah, what he literally says when he called was, be happy, I want to see you.
0: That's right.
1: Uh, but then the phone rings again, and we don't hear what's going on with the phone call, but we do see that it's Ryu calling, because we get a shot of him in a phone booth. Right. I don't know why says- he doesn't like have a home where he is calling from. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I think the only one of their houses that we've seen Well, we saw we've seen Righteous Farm, but I don't think we've seen Guy, Ryu, or Akko's homes, have we?
0: I I honestly just assume that Ryu lives at Sky Camp.
1: Like I that okay, that's seen... actually probably very true. And honestly, yeah. Guy probably lives at that bar.
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he lives like there's like an apartment upstairs. That would make sense. Okay, so we so clearly like Kauri has been asked out for like two different places. Uh, we go to the statue where which is what it turns out this thing is that guy wanted to meet her by. Guy is waiting for Kauri. Akko arrives and she's just like, Hey, guy, uh, Kauri couldn't make it, so I decided to like come and hang out with you. Guy's like, Wait, what? And Akko's like, This is gonna be great, we never get to hang
1: out. And Guy's like, Well. Like, he doesn't say this, but his face says, like, yeah, it's because, like, you're in high school, and I wanted to, like, ask somebody on a date. Like, that is why we never get a chance to hang out, <laughs> Akko.
0: <laughs> right. Uh, we flash over, and we see Ryu and Kaori in a car. And they're driving, and Ryu says, hey, listen, um, I know that things have been, like, a little bit weird, but there's someone that I want you to meet. Calry is like, oh my goodness,
1: like he's taking me to meet his parents. This is such a big deal.
0: Like, how exciting. Uh, she is over the
1: moon. Now, she is saying all of these things out loud. This is not like an internal monologue.
0: Oh, yeah. And yeah, Ryu yeah. Uh, is
1: staring ahead, stone faced, at the road.
0: Right. So, <laughs> like, Calry
1: oh, okay. like cannot read the room.
0: D- yeah, not. At all, um, but she is clearly super happy. Oh,
1: she's so excited to meet this person.
0: Yeah, we. This is not going to go. Oh, just spoilers, guys. This is not going to go well for Gowrie. Uh, so we flashback. We see Guy and Ako at the restaurant, which is a. They've gone to a restaurant and which has ice cream, I guess. And they have ordered. Probably, Ako has ordered a solid seven to eight ice cream sundays. guy is just sitting there clearly completely uninterested in everything that's happening
1: and then as akko is like going back and forth between what is it seven different ice cream sundaes it's like
0: yeah it's like seven to eight
1: um rita shows up and it's like oh i'm sorry i'm late and guy just looks at him like what are you doing here? Like, this is (laughs) already going badly enough. I'm hanging out and just like buying ice cream for a little girl. Why are you here to Raita?
0: I I don't know if you noticed this, Matt, but Raita, he's like, he's real jazzed about the ice cream. And they're in like, they're in like tall parfait. They're like ice cream sundae dishes, right? Yeah. And he just grabs one and starts eating like the top of it. As though it were like an ice cream cone? Like,
1: there's a spoon there. <laughs> I did not and notice <laughs> that.
0: just eating this thing from the top down. <laughs> I don't know why I found it so delightful, but because he's got one on each fist. <laughs> so Wright is just double fisting ice cream sundress.
1: Can I ask you a quick, quick side question about Wright, Dave?
0: Uh, sure.
1: How long into Jetman did it take before you stopped looking at him and seeing Cameo? Because I was just thinking about this the other day that, like, I don't, I never really think about it anymore. But for the first couple of episodes, like, he just looked like Cameo had wandered into a different show.
0: I don't know, man. You know what? I hadn't thought about it in a really long time until you just brought it up. So I guess a while. I guess a while. Also, I haven't had an ice cream like I'm watching them eat these ice cream Sundays. I'm like, Dude, I can't really go. I haven't had an ice cream Sunday in
1: forever. Yeah, swing out by friendlies later. That still exists. Dude right?
0: that yeah, they totally still exist. That Reese's Peanut Butter Cup Sunday, it's so good. No, it's Reese's Pecies Sunday. That's what it was. And it had like peanut butter sauce on the bottom. Uh sorry. Anyways, so <laughs> right is like double fisting ice cream Sundays. And uh and then we flash away. To Kaori and Ryu.
1: Now, Ryu is about to introduce her to this person who is very important to him. Yeah. They are at a graveyard. Things are not going how Kaori expected.
0: Yeah, and at first, like, for a, for just a second, I thought that Ryu was taking her to, like, see his parents' grave. Uh, He's no, not. he is not
1: at all. Because if you will recall from previous episodes... Uh, Ryu cares about two things in this world and two things only. He loves his dead ex-girlfriend, who is now one of the Vyrum commanders, Maria, and he loves Justice. And Justice ain't buried here in this graveyard.
0: Right. So he brings her over. He brings Kaori to Rie's grave. Uh, my notes just here say, dang, bro. Uh, he says, this is Rie, the only woman I ever loved- we were happier than anyone in the world until that day. And then there is a flashback. And I can only assume that this flashback is not just happening for Ryu. My assumption is that Ryu is telling Kaori the story of the sudden death of his like lady love.
1: And I swear to you, this is not the first time he has done so.
0: No. like He will tell this story to anybody who wants to listen. And he says... I can't forget Rie, and then he says, uh, and then he go to date flashbacks. He's like, I remember the clothes that she was wearing on our first date. I remember like what we ate. I remember like all of these things. And we go through. Just to be clear, uh, these are not like date flashbacks of things we've already seen in the show. Yeah, this is new these were footage, scenes, right? These were scenes that were created for the express purpose that Ryu can be, like, thinking back on them. And again, my assumption is is that he is telling Kaori all of these things, which is why, like, we, the viewers, are getting the flashback. And then he says, Even if she's gone, we have not left each other for an instant. We have been fighting the Viram together
1: this entire time. And he takes off his cross changer and like lifts up a panel. And as though his cross changer is a locket, there is inside of it a photograph of Rie.
0: And then we just flash. Like we just we're done with that scene. Like that scene ends.
1: Everyone in this show, with I guess maybe the exception of Akko, just because it doesn't like hasn't really come up for her, but like has no idea how to talk to another human being about their feelings.
0: Yeah, uh, which actually kind of reaches ahead in this episode. Oh my gosh. That... Yes, it does. We'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, okay, so we go back to the restaurant. Uh, Akko and Raita are eating. Guy is just still sitting there, like, enduring this <laughs> entire thing. And Guy, uh, like, right, a Guy finds out... About the date. Because Raita says something to the effect of like... Huh, I wonder how Kaori and Ryu are. And Guy's like... Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold up a second. What now?
1: Yeah, I, th- I think maybe Akko accidentally lets it slip first... And Raita like hops on it. But then like... Raita keeps talking about it... While Akko was trying to like shut him up. But he is not getting the signals. And he's like... Yeah, oh yeah, like they of- make such a good couple.
0: Like Raita or Kaori and Ryu would be so great together... And then he says, definitely better than Kaori and Guy. Guy is sitting like literally two feet away from him. Yeah.
1: Again, these people are like, I don't know what they think they are doing in these conversations, but it's always the wrong thing.
0: Yeah. Uh, so Guy obviously is like understandably upset. He's sort of like, I think he like roughs Raita up a little bit, but he leaves immediately.
1: Yeah, he, like, runs off. Then we cut to Ryu and Kaori. Well, kind of- Okay, we cut to Kaori.
0: We cut to Kaori, who is, like, walking alone uh, down the street. And she is doing- Like, we've described it before, that thing that Kaori does, where she's, like, obviously really super upset, but she just gets, like, hyper polite
1: and, like, very firm, and she's, like, walking and, like, crying a little bit and holding the picnic basket, because, oh, yeah, by the way, she had packed a picnic lunch for their, uh, date.
0: Oh, yeah, I forgot about that part. Uh, so, Ryu drives up beside her, and he's like, Kaori, listen, like, let me give you a ride. And she's like, no, thank you, I am fine. I would like to walk home now, please. And he's like, listen, uh, I'm really sorry I've upset you, I just, like... I wanted you to understand why this is not going to work, and that you should, you should love Guy. Like Guy loves you. You should love Guy. I love Justice and my dead girlfriend. Like it's just, it's not going to work. Like let me drive you home. And Carrie's like, no, thank you. I am walking. And she actually like turns around and ducks behind the car and like runs away.
1: And so we cut to I don't know how far away they were from her house, and if she went straight home or if she was just walking all day but by the time she gets home it is nighttime so when she
0: does you know like when she arrives home guy i has either like he's been waiting for her or he shows up like directly after she does i don't quite remember and he's like hey uh like are you cool and kauri like loses it
1: yeah like she is crying and then she sort of like hugs him or like doesn't quite hug him but sort of like le- like
0: Yeah, she sort of, like, cry-leans into him. Yeah. You know, like, she just needs something. She literally needs a shoulder to cry
1: on. Yes. And so, like, you know, Guy, like, you know, gives her a... This is a comforting hug, not a, like... Not a creepy hug. Exactly. Which, given Guy's history, I wanted to be very clear about. We have a
0: quick cut over to the mansion. Uh, Gia is looking up at the clock. He's waiting up for Kaori. He's obviously very worried. And we flash over, and we see Kaori and Guy are swinging. On, like, you know, just like children's... Like a children's playset. And Kaori's like, ah, you know, she's sort of, like, pouring her heart out here. Which, like, Kaori, listen, I get it. You're upset and frustrated that Ryu doesn't love you. Uh, Maybe the dude that you know does love you is not the coolest person for you to, like, pour your heart out to. Like, it's just not, like, come on.
1: Right. But Guy is very, like, you know, he's there for her.
0: Like, he, he's actually, he's very cool about it. And she's eventually she's just like listen she's like I gotta go I uh, thanks so much for hanging out you've always been so kind I should have fallen in love with you I'm so sorry
1: and then she just bugs out and guy's like oh you will I know it
0: yes this that was so good because guy is very comforted by this he's just like I'm gonna get you oh yeah it's like this is you just wait this is gonna happen. Uh, by the way at this point we are like a solid 13 minutes in and the only thing we've had with a monster is like uh Radigat stroking this egg. So it's a weird episode. Yeah. So actually speaking of Semimaro, we we kind of flip back to Semimaro. Uh Radigat is there and he is like, caressing this egg. And Maria insists. It's still the Viren Commanders and they're sort of seething. And Maria says, like, I will win before Semimaru is born. Because at this point, again, like, the other Viren Commanders are assuming that the only way that they can pull a victory out of this is if they somehow defeat the Jetmen before Semimaru is born. Right.
1: So. Slash, like, hatches, I guess. Whatever. So, next day, Sky Camp. Ryu is, like... Working on something at a desk and who oh boy and Calry walks in with a couple of tickets to what I don't know if you noticed this, Dave is an Iggy Pop concert.
0: Yes. Uh, <laughs> I, did. <laughs> I did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I did notice very, that.
1: It's a very specific choice for the show to have made. I don't know why they picked Iggy Pop.
0: I just desperately hope that there was actually an Iggy Pop concert going on and that, like, one of the producers was, like, super into Iggy Pop and, like, and brought it into the show. Uh, That's my dear, dear hope. So, Kaori comes in and she has tickets to this concert. And she says, Ryu, I got tickets to this concert. I've got one for you. We're going together.
1: And Like, it's not a question. Yeah, and Ryu is like, I, like... Kauri, like we talked about this,
0: like right, like seriously, uh, like I'm I'm trying to be cool about this, but this is just not going to happen. And then
1: Kauri goes full lunatic. <laughs> like, okay, her response to yes. this is she smiles. In a yeah, she, like not the smile. Of a sane person. It is a mad smile. Not angry, like insane. Right. Uh, And what she says is, Oh, I've made up my mind. I am going to fight Rie.
0: And Rie was like, What now? And she says, I am going to fight Rie and I am going to dig her memory out of your heart. Like, I will replace her. I will t- I will supplant this girl in your memory. And Ryu is a little, like, he's a little nonplussed by this. He's like, Kari, this kind of doesn't seem like you. This is a little intense. She's like, yeah. And she I, says. I
1: never thought that I was this vindictive, but. Right,
0: which is a very weird choice of words. Uh, because it indicates that in Kari's mind, like, Rie, it, as apart from just being, like, Ryu's dead girlfriend, has, like, Done something to Cowrie that Cowrie was going to like get revenge for.
1: Yes, and like, it's and by the way, moment. throughout this entire conversation, she keeps that same smile on her face.
0: Yeah, sure. Face is frozen. She never stops smiling, and she never stops seeming like really cheerful. And so she just leaves. She's like, "Here's the tick. Here's the time. It is. I will see you there." Not. I uh, hope so to see leaves. you there.
1: I will see you there.
0: Right, uh Guy walks in and he see like he's like talking to Ryu for a moment. Uh Guy actually in fairly high spirits. I think he feels good about last night's conversation. And he like walks over, he's like, dude, are you still working? Blah blah blah. And he turns around uh and he sees the ticket. He's like, dude, where did you get this ticket? This is a really hard ticket to come by. Like this is gonna be an awesome
1: concert. And Ryu is like, Oh, that uh yeah, you can have that ticket. And Guy's like, I do not know why you just said that, but I'm not going to let you go back on it. And just, like, snatches the ticket, puts it in his coat pocket, and walks away. <laughs> right. Oh, but, but uh, before he walks away, he says, like, you don't even dance when you listen to music anyway.
0: Right. Uh, which is a weird thing to say about an Iggy Pop concert, because it's not really, like, dance music. Well, oh, yeah,
1: but also fun. when they show up later, Cowrie has brought a parasol to the Iggy Pop concert, so I don't know what's going on. <laughs>
0: Uh, I don't know. I hope that, dude, maybe Kaori is like that one dude from SLC Punk, the guy who just wears like polo shirts and glasses and like rages out harder than anybody (laughs) on the planet. Um, Okay, so anyways, so uh, we then, we leave there and we see, uh, sorry, Raita and Akko are like doing some sparring and they're like their geese and Ryu is coaching them and Ryu thinks to himself, he says, good luck, guy. Which like is pretty cool of him. He's like, I get it. I. He's like, you know. He's like, this isn't going to work out for me, but I want my team to be happy. I want these guys to get together. So good luck, guys. So like,
1: he's trying to like, like Cyrano this thing, but right. again, he's completely inept in like all matters relating to other humans and their feelings.
0: Yeah. Uh so we go over to the concert. Oh, real hall. quick, Dave,
1: with the the little spar, yeah. I just wanted to uh, highlight the sparring match between Kauri, not, not Kauri, sorry, Akko and Raita. Like yeah. we don't we get like, I don't know, a minute of it or so, but it's fun. It, it's nice to see those two, particularly those two, uh progressing in their like learning how to fight outside of being a jetman. Those oh, two, yeah, because like, they're doing way better. Yeah, like, they look like they are people who know Kung Fu, which is really cool. Uh, because, you know, when okay. we met them, they were, like, a bumbling farmer and a high school girl. And they could fight when they were jetmen. But, you know, like, now they have been practicing. Like, you know, they are full warriors.
0: Right. Uh, so, we go to Concert Hall, and Kaori is standing there. And, like, Guy walks up. He's like, Kauri, Like, what are you doing here? Kauri? sees Guy, and is like, how did you get the, oh, Like,
1: oh, where's Ryu? Ryu, and, like, she starts looking around, and then, like, gets it. Yeah. Guy is furious. Because I guess he feels like Ryu is just, like, messing with him.
0: Yeah, I don't totally get why Guy is quite so angry, but I think that has to be the reason. So we get a quick like toss over to the Viram dimension and Radigat like pulls his sword out and he stabs Semimaru's uh, like energy cocoon and starts like zapping it with energy. Maybe this is how you incubate like an interdimensional engine of destruction. Not totally sure, but he totally does do that thing. We go back to the sparring ground where it's like Guy, or I'm sorry, where it's Ryu and Anko and Raita, and Guy Ryu is sort of watching them, and Guy like sucker punches Ryu. Like he runs up and just attacks him, and he's like, How dare you presume to like do this thing?
1: Like, you have done a bad thing. And Ryu is like, wait, no, I was I was trying to help, and Guy Okay, listen, they are going to say a lot of things during this fight, and we might mention a few of them specifically, but what I have in my notes is just the phrase, why don't you understand my feelings? And basically anything <laughs> that anyone says from here until the end of the episode, you could replace <laughs> with that line of dialogue, and it would basically operate the same way.
0: Yeah, so remember we said that like none of these people seem to understand how to interact with anybody else on an emotional level? They, this, all, I, this is all it coming to a head. Because, guys, like, you don't understand my feelings. Like, you could never understand, like, who I am and, like, why I love Kaori, etc., etc. And cetera. And was just like, I have no idea what you're upset about.
1: But also, just you don't understand my feelings.
0: Right, like, how could you understand, like, my girlfriend is dead and, like, I loved her and, like, blah, 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 blah. And I love
1: justice and I have to deal with you jerks. Uh- and, like, you're so <laughs> stubborn and I don't know how to handle it. And at this point, like, they have stumbled out of fighting, like, on the banks of a lake, and now they're just, like, in the water, like, knocking each other over.
0: Yeah, and this goes on for a while.
1: A while.
0: Yeah, Uh, it's a pretty evenly matched fight, though. Like, they're kind of going back and forth and just yelling at each other.
1: uh, Raita and Akko are watching, and they have no idea what's happening, even though, like, they really should.
0: Yeah, you would you would think uh Cowrie arrives like she runs up and she's like guy Ryu, you guy for you guy you please stop fighting like stop 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 please stop fight it Cowrie goes to run into the river to try and stop them Raito runs in front of Kaori, and is just like no Cowrie like you stay there and he now is angry and he's like, how could you do this to Kauri? And Guy's just like, you don't understand my feelings. And Riot is like,
1: you don't understand my feelings. No one understands anyone's feelings. But what this is, like, no one understands each other's feelings. And now they're just three men fighting at a lake for a minute. Uh, right, And like, they would have kept doing it probably until the end of the episode. But mercifully, Maria is here and now things are exploding.
0: Right, so there's finally an explosion, Maria attacks, uh, Tran and Gray also attack, then we shift from, like, a bucolic lakeside scene to a shipping yard, uh, for just no dang reason. Maria
1: was surprised to see the other two Viram commander, but they all basically had the same idea, which is, like, we need to do this now. There's no time to mess with dimensional beasts, uh, we're just the three of us going to murder the Jetman and then, like, usurp the power from Renegade.
0: Right. Uh, so that's basically what they do. Like, there's an extended fight scene, uh, but it's just the three Vyrum commanders taking the Jetmen to school. The Jetmen stand no chance. Uh, the Vyrum commanders are just, like, completely dominating this fight.
1: And I think what's really interesting is the, the way they shoot this fight is that it's not, like, all the Jetmen versus all the Vyrum commanders. The Jetmen, like, aren't working together, and they're splitting up and going to fight the Vyrum commanders individually.
0: Well, they've broken the power of. Fire. Yeah, and
1: so like they're not using teamwork, and so they are just really, really doing a terrible job.
0: Yeah, and they're actually the Virem commanders are about to finish them off, but Radigat somehow like senses that this is going to be the case, and actually like uses the power of Semimaru to attack the other Virem commanders to prevent them from be- defeating the Jetman, so presumably that he later can do it. Right, and the- I think he actually says. He yells, like, the jet men are mine, like, no one can touch them, like, I'm going to be the one to kill them.
1: Um, and so while this is happening, and they're being zapped with, like, red electricity from something in the sky that looks like Lavos from Chrono Trigger. Um, Dude, who, yeah. Like, at this point, the Jetmen are like, oh, it is time to leave immediately.
0: Yeah, so they just run. Uh, Maria is, like, furious. She, like, yells at Radigat. She's like, how dare you do this? Like, this isn't how it's supposed to work, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, we go back to the Vyrum dimension, and we see, like, one beclawed hand burst through the
1: cocoon,
0: and then the episode is over.
1: Uh, but before the episode is over, Dave, uh, Radigat calls Semi Mario the devil of destruction. Oh, yeah. Which was amazing. Uh, and that's it. Yeah, that is so- our episode.
0: Right, so we would assume that next episode and next two episodes is, uh, is the Jetman fighting Semimaru, which I'm looking forward to. Uh, but we'll see that, you know, when we see it. How
1: many times, Dave, in the course of this uh, three-episode arc, do you think that Guy is going to quit the Jetman?
0: Uh, I'm going to guess minimum of three times. Okay,
1: let's do this Price is Right rules. So, uh, what's your what is your bid? And we will, re- uh, if we remember in two weeks, we will revisit this.
0: So what, it, what is it? It's like if you, you have to guess. The closest go without over-use? going over. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to guess two then. Okay.
1: Ooh. Three. I, I can't imagine it's going to be three. I'm going to say one. And I okay. feel like I, I probably have an advantage because I've seen this episode, but it's been a while, and I don't remember the details. So I'm going to guess one. Well,
0: I just figure if it's a two, if there's two more episodes, I figure that he will quit at least once per episode. That's fair.
1: That's that is a very fair assumption based on our history with the characters. Uh,
0: so, Matt, what is your high point of this episode? Um, gosh,
1: this is a weird episode, Dave.
0: Yeah, man. It's, again, like, it's really kind of soap opera-y, and it's, like, super dramatic, I guess. Uh I'll well, tell you, my high point is that Ryu, now that I think that he finally, like, gets it with Kaori, like, he really understands, like, what her jam is, it really does kind of try to do the stand-up thing, and he's like, listen... Uh, it's not you, it really is me and like my hang ups about my dead girlfriend. But like, don't wait for me. Like, you really gotta move on. This is not gonna happen. And I just I thought it was cool that Ryu was trying to be like a stand up guy.
1: Okay, well, you know what I will say then. My high point is the fact that Guy seems to have fully transitioned out of like super creep status and into like actually, like, caring about Kauri. Yeah, no, that is definitely super cool. Because, like, really early on, like, there were some... Man, there were some rough patches.
0: Yeah, not... Yeah, some very uncomfortable stuff happening. Uh,
1: with uh, So what is your low point? There.
0: There. I think my low point... Man, uh, I think it's gotta just be... The Jetman's complete inability to relate to each other on an emotional level. Right.
1: This is an episode that really could have been solved in like five minutes, but with like an honest and frank conversation where people were not already mad at each other.
0: <laughs> right. Uh, how about you, Matt? What's your low point? Here? My
1: low point, um, and I, I, I almost hesitate to say that it's my low point, I almost made it my high point, is that scene with Cowrie where she is insane.
0: Ooh, yeah, that could go either way. Because,
1: like, as a t- scene of television, I loved it. As, like, a character doing a thing, especially because this is the episode where everyone else is kind of, like, they don't understand each other, but their hearts at least seem to be in the right places. Uh, uh, like, to give Kauri this weird left turn where she has just, like, lost her dang mind, uh, that was a moment.
0: Yeah, yeah, that was weird. I think that's it for us. Yeah, yeah,
1: that is going to do it for another episode of The Jetman with a Golden Gun. Uh, before we finish up here, I'd like to remind you all, you can email the show at SentaiBrothers at gmail.com. If you want to get any updates on future episodes or check out what we're talking about on Twitter, we are at bros. If you like the show, and we hope you do, please remember, shining in the iTunes be- review section, there are five stars. Rate, review, subscribe on iTunes, that's what's going to help new people find the show. Super Sentai Brothers are a production of Retrograde Orbit Radio. We are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave.